Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Okay, picking up the Batphone this week is a very highly requested guest uh, in Lachlan One. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Of course, we've got to have you on. Look, this is what I do, man. I, I just bring people on who I like. And who I respect and who I want to talk to. And when I reached out to you in the message, man, like, I meant everything that I said, like, you're one of the unsung heroes here in, in Adelaide and in South Australia. And I think M16 have done a pretty good job at, like, bringing those guys together and making them into a unit. But for such a long time, you've been, you've been part of this, this nucleus of technical progression, like, no matter where you've been. I remember when I had uh, Crispin on and when I had Conway on, they were describing to me, you know, back in the day, like, you and Craig just repping out bolos, when, you know, just just things like that. And then obviously Absolute St. Kilda, it's another hub of technical progression. And you're, you're part of that unit again. And then now coming back to M16, you're doing it again. So it's sort of like this prevailing theme where you've just always been part of this unit that have been pushing things forward with progression. And in a pool of talent where it's sort of like very wrestling based or very leg lock based or very pointed towards ADCC, you've always stayed true to the gi, and you've always developed your own technical style, Taraka Plata, Barata Plata, like, it's impressive to see you stand alone, but also be very aware of every technical progression that's taking place around you, and be part of it, so I've got to commend you on that. <laughs> Thank you. Four times <laughs> Panpac champion, four times national champion, competed at Worlds, competed around the world, like, come on, man. <laughs> You're too understated. You've got to give yourself a pat on the back. Otherwise, I'm going to break your shoulder patting it for you. You've, you've really got to oh, give it up. You. But, man, from your perspective, please, you know, take me back. Where did you start? How did you get into it? Yeah, so I started probably the same as most people, just, mm -hmm. like, watching the UFC. Saw, like, the jiu-jitsu side of it on, like, the Ultimate Fighter and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that looks really fun. Like, <laughs> always wanted to do martial arts, but never really got into it when I was yeah. younger. And then, yeah, just joined up at a school here and, yeah, went from there. Pretty went much there. started, like, wanting to do, like, MMA. <laughs> Did, like, that for, like, a couple months. Got hit in the head a few times. I was like, nah, I'll do jiu-jitsu. You, you made the smart <laughs> choice. So you're ahead of the curve. You made the smart <laughs> choice earlier. I had to get hit thousands of times before <laughs> I came that, to that, that conclusion. Like, yeah, yeah that'll, that'll do me. Who hit you in the head? Oh, I don't even remember. Don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Man. It's kind of classic when you look back at it and you go, did everything just happen naturally? You know, like, because from my perspective, and I always say that because I've, I've always felt like the outsider looking in, but it takes a lot of courage to travel and to train and to, you know, uproot yourself from one place to another. Yeah. Like, did you find those to be like hurdles or was it more like a natural thing? Um, yeah, sort of happened naturally. Mm. I think just because of the people I was around, it sort mm. of, like, pushed it, like, especially Craig, like, we always wanted to go to tournaments and stuff, so we sort of pushed each other to go over to bigger tournaments and stuff like that, and mm. then we ended up moving together, and then, yeah, he sort of dragged me along. He just time. dragged you along. <laughs> he needed someone to go with him. <laughs> were you, like, the apologetic one, like, every time Craig rubbed people the wrong way, you were just like, no, 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 he's, he's a nice guy, don't worry, I promise. He's, he's pretty nice to most people. He's, <laughs> to he's, most people? Yeah. To but, their face, especially. <laughs> to their face. <laughs> Dude, I, after my knee injury, I was sitting around moping, and then I'm, like, scrolling through my phone on Instagram, lo and behold... What do you see come up like 
Craig Jones and Gabby Garcia going live. <laughs> live. And I'm like, what? Just in time to pick up my spirits. Talking about that. She's, the, the language barrier must really help him yeah, with yeah. his banter. Because he, he doesn't have to like force her to say things. She kind of just goes herself. Yeah. What, what level of in on it is she? Is she complicit? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> got no idea. Yeah. I think... I think she's serious. I think that's about it. <laughs> he's either trying to scout a date, scout a match. Like, who knows what's going on with it? Like, it's pretty entertaining, yeah, though. Yeah. I feel like he went down one road with it and then sort of brought it back because he realized, like, oh, no, she, you can't really do that to her. Like, you can't yeah, really yeah. be mean to her and shit <laughs> like that. Um, I, I know that because I watched it a little for a little while. I was like, what else am I going to do? She was like... She did say to him, you know, congratulations on your team. You know, it's bringing a lot of high-level people in yeah, there. So, yeah. like, behind the veil a little bit. No, yeah, I think there's some... They're friends, I think. But they'd have to be friends. Yeah. I think it's going to happen, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has to happen. Something's going to happen. Like, something's going to happen. There. It's only so long she can resist his charm and vice versa, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, man, I just got through watching all the East Coast trials that were on this yeah, morning. Yeah. Man, it's... It's funny how, like, I mean, there'll be another, there'll be the West Coast trials yeah. and then there'll be the actual US trials for ADCC as well, won't they? I think it's just the two. It's the West East two. and the West. Yeah. yeah. Cole yeah. Abate just yeah. looking like an absolute <laughs> machine. I mean, I've already got posters of him up in my room. Like, I don't need to be more of a fanboy of that kid, but finish all matches by submission and just looking shredded at 66. And he's still a blue belt. Yeah, like, has scary. he got his purple belt yet? Yeah. I'm glad there's spell divisions. I don't want any other divisions <laughs> coming up. <laughs> so what about yourself, man? What are you looking at moving forward? I mean, you've, you've competed enough. You don't need to prove yourself. Um, and has Declan apologized to you for slamming you on your head out of the Omoplata AGC? No, like, no, he hasn't apologized no, I think yet. he meant every bit of it. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. I was trying to rip his shoulder off. <laughs> uh, but in all honesty, man, like, yeah... Selfishly enough, I'd love to see you out there competing and stuff like that. But yeah. do you feel like that's on the cards for you, or something that's uh, not so? Yeah, I'll probably, probably do it again. Yeah. But just see what comes up. Yeah, I'm not like really like itching to get back into it. Yeah. Sort of waiting for the right thing and yeah. jump into it. Yeah. Well, with the the type of matchups and opponents that are coming out now with M16 Open, yeah. like, surely there'd be some opportunities for you. Yeah, like, you versus just another technical beast that you could just yeah. have an awesome matchup. They're bringing Mikhail over as well, which yeah, is, yeah, oh no, my god, did. he's just going to hit it like a, like a storm. <laughs> like, apparently you guys hit it like a storm in Tijuana for your birthday. <laughs> Man, it's so funny, like, I, I see you as, like, nice guys, soft-spoken... As soon as I post that you're going to be on the podcast, people start dragging up shit. I'm like, what could possibly have happened? Those guys, it wasn't me. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to get a bit more insight from them to see. But uh, let's talk technical, man, because that's what you're all about. Like, from your perspective, it's something I really wanted to ask you. This development of your style did it take place sort of out of necessity of being in these rooms with these absolute monsters? Because you could try and do what they do technically and be a version of them, but to really stand out on your own, you'd really have to look at it from your own personal or individual technical perspective. Do you yeah. feel like that's what occurred with your style? Yeah, I guess usually most stuff has started like techniques I've tried to work on have like started from copying someone else, like, trying to emulate their style try, and then you just sort of 
take it off into your own to make it fit your body type or style or whatever. Mm. Um, I think I've always wanted to try and be like as technical as possible mm. and not use like physical attributes because I'm not very strong. <laughs> <laughs> so I just try and like work on the technique a bit more and try and develop things that like I can use like efficiently yeah. against beasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, efficiently is probably the greatest word that you use there. I mean, that system of omoplata, baratoplata, tarakoplata, yeah. it's slick. Oh, and you. it's very, very unassuming as well. It's, it relies on that idea that you're utilizing key technical points that are efficient, but they're not so obvious. Yeah. You know, people are used to or they're conditioned to feeling a certain way when their arm is in peril with an yeah. omoplata. They actually can get a little bit complacent because they don't feel like yeah. the initial threat of the submission is there in the omoplata. Maybe it's going to be the transition effect, the sweep effect, or like, like a choy bar or something like this, yeah, like a follow-on sure. transition submission. But yeah. you're locking this in with sort of unassuming threat and then immediate danger. Have, yeah. have you found that you were able to replicate that in competition as well? Yeah, I've been able to hit it a few times in, in competition. I think, um, like you're saying, I started hitting like the tractor platter and stuff mm. off the omoplata because people kept like escaping the omoplata basically. Yeah. Because like without the gear, especially people just like pull out of it. And then I started trying to work like Troy bar and stuff like mm. that. People would defend by putting it behind their leg. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well now I have the tractor platter. <laughs> so it sort of can trick a lot of people. Yeah. Sort of they get complacent like hands behind the leg. They're, yeah. They're gonna be safe, but. So, and what about other parts of your game? I mean, I know for myself, it's, dif it's sort of difficult. Like when you get to a certain point, you're like, yeah. I'm decent at this and I'm decent at this. But like, are there other parts of the game that you enjoy or things that you've been exploring recently? Yeah, pretty much at the moment. Or the last like, little while, I pretty much only do top game now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, no, like I still play guard. Like I pull guard every, every match. Or like every <laughs> role, I pull guard. But uh, I'm trying to get on top. Yep. Like I just try and mount people pretty much at the moment. Yeah, mount, S mount. S mount yep. number pretty much. That's all I'm going for at the moment. Yeah. And sort of just go through phases like that. Like I'll have like a few months of like trying to hit one move and just trying to get to that move over and over and then sort of think of something else. <laughs> think of something else. That instead. Yeah, it's, a, it's that constant refinement else. process, isn't it? Yeah. Like I've, I've talked about like a little bit of a timeline that could potentially occur, you know, at white belt and at blue belt. You're generally just focusing on the things that are getting you success yeah. in rolling yeah. and sort of got the blinders onto everything else that you might need. But when you hit that purple belt level, people start hitting you with different attack sequences yeah, and different sure. defense sequences that make you look outside of your own niche or outside yeah. of your own game. You have to expand and add things in. Then at brown belt, it sort of comes full circle a little bit and you begin to realize how important those fundamental positions are. So one of the really common traits of people coming back to brown belt fundamentals is their mount gets really hard to escape their yeah. back control gets dialed their side control feels like ridiculous pressure you know what i mean and then black belt you sort of live in between the lines a little yeah. bit because that game within the game starts to get played a little bit more and it becomes as you're referring to that refinement process okay so what's next what's this next detail yeah. what's this next refinement that i can move through to and a question that tommy hayes asked me ages and ages ago is what do you think the next evolution of jiu-jitsu is going to be. And I told him that he won't ever verify this because I was right, <laughs> which was body lock passing yeah. because it disconnects the lower body and the upper body yeah. of a, you know, a grounded opponent. 
and it works extremely well with an ADCC rule yeah, set as sure. well. It sort of kills two birds with one stone there yeah. in terms of the type of submission threats that someone can throw up at you and the type of control point that you also need to utilize to net points in the rule yeah. set. Uh, and I was right, but you know what? He lost it. <laughs> he lost the audio, so no one will ever know that. But if I were to ask you that same question at this juncture with the current evolution of jiu-jitsu, what do you feel like might be the next step? Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I think like you're starting to see a lot of like barambolos come into the mm -hmm. nogi. Yeah, a lot, lots of like if you watch like Levi at yep. the last two, number one, just like bolo Taza straight away. Yeah. And, when I was at, uh, I went back to visit Absolute last year. They were all just doing bolos, yeah. nothing but bolos, pretty much. So I think that will come into the like. I'm not sure about the gi, but like no gi. I think a lot of bolos will come in using that with the body lock passing mm -hmm. coming on top and and the leg locks, like being able to switch from the leg yeah. lock to a bolo. Yeah, that sort of thing. I think. I think you're actually 100% correct. <laughs> um, I had this conversation with Declan as well. Yeah. Very very similar line of conversation. Uh, and I suppose we could yeah. go a little bit deeper with it as well. well if you watched Declan's last match, yeah, he's, our last couple of matches is just nogi bolo. Dude, just using <laughs> a tiny little lever sweep in half guard, mm. like a regular normal ass lever sweep to access a bolo chain. Yeah. What the hell, man? <laughs> Who is this kid? Like, what is he doing? Like, I can see what he's doing, but I'll never be able to replicate it. I'm a great uh, analyst, but I can't do that. No one can do that. I didn't think to do that. You know what I mean? But it's just linking technical positions yeah. together. Uh, actually, now that you mentioned that, because Declan was doing the seminar the last time I got to do that with him, I asked him the same question. He said bolos. And, I, and we just came off a two-month technical theme of no-gi bolo evolutions yeah. because I sort of felt the same way that that's where it was heading. And probably to clarify, actually, we're not necessary, necessarily talking about De La Hiva inversion yeah. bolo. We're talking about pretzel bolo, bolos yeah. to counters of the saddle, counters to leg locks, um, floating bolos or flying bolos through passing, through yeah. open inversions and things like this. I mean, once you understand that pretzel bolo or that sort of wedge and the wind on mechanic, you begin to see its power from everywhere. And it yeah. takes a little bit of a leap of faith to start thinking this way and start implementing it into a game plan or a passing game plan that may have been pressure heavy yeah. in, in, in your sort of initial phases. But when you do start implementing it, it's, uh, it's brutal. And then when you see people start to play this game against each other and they're in like a double crab ride, <laughs> like just <laughs> sniping for bowlers and stuff. It's pretty cool, man, yeah. but like it has its place. For sure. This happened a while ago in the yeah. gi. Yeah. And everyone was crying about it. You know I mean, absolutely crying about it. But now it's starting to replicate in Nogi. But I think potentially in a very exciting way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree with any of what I just said? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I remember when it was sort of in the, in the Gi coming, coming up, all that game. I like, had seen a lot of it on like watching matches and stuff. And, but I hadn't really been exposed to it in like a role or anything yet. Yeah. Because like, there wasn't it wasn't as much as today like online instructions yeah. and stuff like that. You just put out a watch matches and you could buy a DVD, but it mm. wouldn't be as good as like the ones you get now. And uh, went over to America and rolled at some of the places and just got like destroyed with all those <laughs> <new> stuff. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of those things until it starts to happen to you, you're like, oh, come yeah. on. Like, it's, it's, a, it's just like Rada Plata, Tarek Plata. Yeah. It's like a sneaky, they're allowing so much of the setup to happen because it's so non-threatening. And then it's there every yeah. single time. I think the first time I saw it was actually Lachlan Giles. Yep. In, in person, I saw it at Lachlan Giles when he was a brown belt in the gear yeah. Abu Dhabi Pro Trials uh, when he was having matches with black belts like Braga and Vieira yeah, and yeah, stuff I like that. He had a really good run that, that year. And he was just going straight to reverse the Lahiva, yeah. straight to the inversion. I'm like, what is this move that this man is? I'm not sure how this is, how he's actually getting to the back from here. Yeah. But I think the Nogi evolution of the bolo. I know that the Tenth Planet system uses has used the twister hook and sort of ninja yeah. rolls and rolls, and it has a sort of more specific setup, yeah. a setup that is designed. I mean, you've already got the twister hook set basically, yeah. but this the the evolution of the bolo now means that you don't actually have that twister hook set, and the lack of setup necessity makes it incredibly powerful. Yeah, for sure, um, you've got to use your timing, you've got to understand the mechanics, but. Interestingly enough, I mean, I, I'm speculating about Lachlan Giles and his style, but you've spent a lot of time with Lachlan <laughs> Giles. You're a Lachlan Giles black belt. Yeah. And I can't stress enough how ridiculous it is that we have you in the state of South Australia. <laughs> Lachlan Giles, black belt. Miles said to me, like, he has a private with you, like, once a week or once yeah. in two weeks or something like this. He's like, it's just like having Giles there in the room with you if, you, if, you, if that's what you really wanted or wanted to go for. <laughs> I'm like, how do people not know this? This is the whole Michael Lim thing all over again. Like, <laughs> this is why I want to have you guys on the podcast because I feel like, uh, is everyone blind? Do they not know what's going on here in this state? Like, people can come and go, but man, you're yeah. here now, running weekly classes. <laughs> if they're not taking advantage of that, what are we? What are we doing here? But look, I'll, I'll put a question in that yeah. <laughs> somewhere, but. Uh, from being in those rooms, you know, with someone who has such a high level coaching credential as Lachlan, do you put that into your own coaching style or yeah. what have you learned from that? Yeah, for sure. I definitely learned a lot about um, like class structure mm -hmm. and uh, from training with Lockie, like he really breaks it down, especially in like the fundamental mm -hmm. classes, like ways to get people like learning moves easily, I mm -hmm. guess, like... Uh, not really so much focusing on like a move. He sort of breaks it down over like a few months and yep. getting him like moving through like a whole sort of position. And then as well with like your own training, he was very good at like helping us organize our training to like focus on certain techniques or whatever. Mm. Sort of be like, oh, you should work on this this week and we drill that ourselves and then specific trainer and stuff like mm. that. Um, and lots of like... Uh, match analysis like we used to have like the tv up in the gym and like every now and again turn it on and watch the matches and sort of like practice the moves from the match and just, that sort of helped like don't really do that so much now but just like when you watch matches like helps you like take away the technique that you're seeing mm. Yeah, yeah. I think what that would really do is help you in your own visualization process. Yeah. If you've been given set time to go there, watch a match, which is most relevant to you. Like you can watch a thousand matches, right? Yeah. But if you're, if you've got a coach who's pinpointing the most relevant things, the most relevant techniques and scenarios that are occurring at the elite level, and then you're in your home gym, you're watching that footage, you're breaking it down and you're practicing those elements yeah. together you can replicate that scenario by yourself. Yeah. yeah. 
He's, it's sort of like that analogy, you know, like teach a man to fish analogy. Yeah. Like this is a powerful way of learning that you can dissect and do at any point in time, yeah. whenever you'd like to. Um, I've really liked a lot of the feedback that people have been giving me. You know, obviously you gave just them. Manasseh from going over and training with him, Toby Pierce, like just being around that group where it's not just about the techniques. It's not just about yeah. smashing each other and going hard. There's room for that. You know, there's yeah. times where that's going to be necessary. Everyone's in camp for ADCC. There's going to be some hard wrestling rounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's actually about progressing the mindset and evolving the coaching techniques as well as the functional techniques. And I yeah. think that's a it's a true testament to a little bit of foresight. And it's good that Lachlan's in that position now yeah. to be able to have room to grow that idea, grow those concepts with a group of people who are already high level. And then he's sort of like the proof is in the pudding. You know, you've got these guys who have maybe from other academies, maybe from yeah. more traditional learning archetypes coming into his learning archetype and just flourishing. You know? yeah. And I, you are one of those people as well. Yeah. Yeah. But man, just those LG black belts, they don't come out like it's super <laughs> easy. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to detract from the, this idea. Like you earned your black belt under Lachlan Giles, who is pound for pound the best coach in Australia. I mean, that's, that is an accolade that should not go overlooked. In, the, in that moment, I'm sure you felt like how a lot of people feel, which is, oh, I can't, you know, am I, am I at this level? Am I at this level? But what did it mean to you when, when that all went down and that occurred? Yeah, like, I guess had some doubts like that, but I like, Trusted yep. his judgment 100%. I was yep. like, yeah, it's about time then. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, it felt really good. Like, it was like a long sort of, I've been trained about just over 10 years, yep. I reckon. It sort of felt like a lot of, like, I guess, like, relief. It was like, oh, mm. I'm, like, here now. I've, like, I guess, achieved, like, the highest sort of rank that, you can get this is like red belt that doesn't <laughs> we're not getting red yeah. belts yeah. <laughs> yeah. and just yeah made it feel like it was like kind of worth it i guess yeah yeah well i mean you're one of the as i said before you're one of the unsung heroes of the training rooms and what i wanted to hear from you is could you name a few more for us because we know those names that you know are up in lights basically from those training rooms but yeah, yeah. what were the training groups Really like what were some of the unsung heroes of that training room? Like over, yeah, absolute, yep. Um, trying to think who like there's like the the main guys like you probably would have heard like like Jeremy and Mikhail and like mm-hmm. Lockie Oakley, Craig, yep. all those guys. There's lots of like up and coming like uh, a lot of the blues and purples are starting to get like really good. There's like another Adelaide guy, Tommy. Everett that's getting really good. Yeah, damn right. Um, and then there's like another brown belt that's about the same size as him called Tim that's way better than him. So like, <laughs> um, like everyone always jokes like, oh, it's like the good version of Tommy. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> delivery with such a straight face as well. I like it. That's good. I think um, uh, the, they have like a really strong women's team as well. Yeah. There's like... Um, Sarah Chapman's really good. Uh, she like smashed, smashes everyone. They've got like Pippa that's coming up as well, and obviously Liv. There's like Cheese, a bunch of bunch of smaller girls that are really good there. So, yeah, yeah, I think we'll, 
What about um, McGuinness and Dana? Oh, yeah, actually, he's probably the biggest un- unsung hero. Yeah. Actually, McGuinness is like really good. Like yeah. I've seen him just destroy like some real good black belts. And, like yeah, he just doesn't seem to pull it together too much in competition. But he's like, yeah, yeah. is legit. He's very Man, good. that's what I always hear. Yeah. Is that that guy? Like it's just that you, you see the the hearts just drop of the people that you're yeah. talking to because man, like skills are skills. Like yeah, okay, so he'll probably have his moment. Yeah, you know, I mean, and he did really um, at AGCs like the Invitationals. He came yeah. over yeah, and he just did barnstormed really those, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that might just be his format. Yeah, some people just. Tournaments are hard, man. Tournaments are weird. Like, dependent on the draw, dependent on how you pull up on the day. Like, some people are just better in a showcase format where they have sort of a quantifiable idea of how many matches they're going to have and how much energy they need to put into each one and how much mental energy they need to put into each one as well. Like, yeah. if you're a person that maybe has fought MMA before, you're going to flourish in those showcase matches. You're going to understand the hype machine that gets built up over eight weeks (laughs) and and how to just execute in that one match in that moment of time. That's going to feel like easy for you. But if you're part of that tournament, you know, era i mean we're part of the tournament era as well i remember being in the trenches looking down the list (laughs) and i'm like what who am i gonna face like this i remember pan packs first pan packs i ever had 9 a.m till 9 30 at night white belt 73 kilo division yeah and what's this huge yeah it was was just so many people it hurt my brain how many people were in that and that's when they just brought it to two day and then they ended up bringing it to three day after that uh, you know all about Pan Packs being a, yeah, a Pan Pack champion. I reckon that was the first one I did, the first three day one, yeah. maybe. And that was the same, my white belt. I think I did 79 kilos. Yeah. I think it was like 80 people in my division no, or something. Just ridiculous. I had like five matches and didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I I lost like the one of the qualifying finals, so I guess it would be a semi final, right at right on yeah. 9 30 p.m. And I lost by baseball that choke in the gee. And I was just so, I was like, how are you going to be that on point? You know what I mean? I'm just not concentrating. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. I can pass your guard now. Look how loose your guard is. You so, oh, I'm dead. They thought I won because they'd never seen a yeah, baseball yeah. match before. He won the next day. So I got the joint bronze and I'm just like, I'm not, ta- I, how am I supposed to take this? Like I, I lost to a baseball bat joke and they're going to give me a bronze. It does make me feel slightly better, but it's not going to give me my soul back. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. So, yeah. But th- I mean, if you come from that, if you come from those big ass tournaments, the pressure of a showcase might get to you a little bit. Yeah. So it, I guess it kind of depends. And I, I think that's why I really like those small invitationals, small tournaments. Even Grand Prix are great. Yeah. You know, you, you put like a, an eight man or an eight female Grand Prix over three events. So here's the first round, then the second round, and then the final. You know, it, it makes it a little bit better. The, the issue with tournaments has always been injury. Yeah, like, for sure. You show me a tournament that hasn't had an alternate in the semi or the yeah, final. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, so it's, it's hard. Then, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up as well that next m16 open i mean yeah it's looking really good <laughs> i mean obviously we've been privy to a few matchups and things that haven't been yeah. announced yet so we probably don't want to ruin it but like i'll tell you one thing that hasn't been announced yet that i can probably break news on is i'm likely going to be doing commentary on oh, that show awesome. yeah yeah and so if people haven't heard me 
talk shit enough, they're going to get even more of it. But I'm going to have to look up some YouTube videos on how to do commentary correctly. Otherwise, I'm just going to end up like Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier. And there's going to be some great footage of me over under on Adam Jones, like busting up the commentary to like try and grope me. During, I feel like that's going to happen. Did you see that new uh, freestyle that Adam dropped with Craig? Yeah, Island Boys. It's pretty good, man. <laughs> so, like, he's got skills, Adam, man. If, if someone is listening to this right now, please, if you don't Photoshop for me, Craig and Adam as those two I'm dudes. Sure. Yeah, please. Lachlan, if you just get on it right now, thank you very much. You don't, it won't take a lot. It's nah. pretty close already. Yeah. yeah. Craig, maybe a little bit more than Adam, but <laughs> Adam, you said the same hair as well. Oh, that's what I want to see. That's I'll what find I want the photo. <laughs> you find the photo. <laughs> um, but the other, I guess what I, else I wanted to ask you is, as I alluded to before, you're pretty well-traveled. You've been to Nogi Worlds. You've been across the country. You've been across the, the globe uh, competing in jiu-jitsu. Do you have any experience that you want to share with people or who may be thinking about doing the same? Any advice you want to give them about competing internationally? Uh, just try and do as many as you can, basically. The, be- the best time I went like over to do a tournament, we planned like a, a trip. We did like six weeks and did the tournament every weekend. Mm-hmm. Some weekends we did two tournaments. And that was like so good. felt so confident after coming back from that and then was able to go like after that come back here and compete at like nationals and pan packs and stuff and like feel just like really on top of my game and then go back and do some of the bigger tournaments in america as well um i would say try your best to make it like not just about the tournament try Mm. and like have some fun along the way (laughs) like this is like i've done a few where it's like go for the weekend to japan and pay like a thousand dollars and mm-hmm. lose first round <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's that IBJJ yeah. they get you. they're gonna get you yeah, so man. try and like plan it out try and get like a um training in try yep. and go to some different gyms try to do some sightseeing and stuff as yeah. well i guess go what are friends. some of the gyms you've you've had the privilege of frequenting whilst you've been international um like the main one i went to atos for did a world's camp there for like four weeks that was really really good um been there uh like cabrinia's gym did a did a camp there that was awesome um barry yashida's gym is a really good one to go to if you're in san diego he does like world's camps there for free so that's a good one to go to (laughs) he's he's such an assassin that guy the fact that he's still going and still competing on like fight to win stuff and like people come in like huge like black belts and stuff and he'll he'll roll with every single one of them he's like I don't know how old he is, but he's pretty old. <laughs> and he's just like knees dislocating in the middle of the roll, back in, back in. Like that gives me hope. Yeah, that gives me a and lot of hope. Just for like the crucifixing them from bottom, like with like does this crazy crucifix from like a guillotine. Yeah, like he's awesome to watch. Yeah, he swims into that crucifix yeah. from from a lot of different places yeah. actually as well, and then he's just got a great system for it when he gets there. Gi or no gi. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like training there a lot. All those guys took us to Tijuana as well, so that was good. <laughs> give, give me two key points. Two key points of the Tijuana birthday trip. Um, Whose fault was it? Uh, Craig. <laughs> Craig. Craig and Mikhail, probably. Yeah. The instigators. Yeah. Uh, those sure. two names are the only names you need to bring up. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone understands <laughs> from that point onwards that, that yeah. what's going to happen. I would not recommend going to a birthday 
like trip in another country after you've been weight cutting and <laughs> competed that day. <laughs> Doesn't end well. Is that what you're going to blame it on? That's what you're going to blame it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, that's the line you want to take? That's the line you want to take. I'm fine with that. They have to be fine with that too. Probably get some more information. Maybe there's some pictures on the way. Always after the podcast, I was like, hey, this is what happened on the podcast and shit. I mean, you know, I've, I've been told that there's footage. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> It hasn't been provided to me yet, but I'm looking forward to it over the next few days. Um, I mean, look, I think they're opening the borders for us, like, some point this month. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any aspirations or plans to go ahead and travel again? I mean, is B-Team on the cards for you? You've been a part of the unit for such a long time. You've been, you know, with Craig and, and part of that progression. I definitely want to go visit. I yeah. mean, I'm pretty happy being here. Yeah. But I'll definitely go, go visit when I can. Maybe not like as soon as the border opens, I'll like, wait it out a little bit, you know, make sure it's not going to like get shut on me. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're heading to Texas, you want to make sure that the border is open to come back. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's Tijuana yeah, all over yeah. again. <laughs> going straight, going straight down south. Sure, are you allowed back? Are they allowed to have you Yeah, back? I don't know. I, I can't remember. <laughs> uh. That's so good. What is your opinion of the whole the whole B team thing that's going on right now? Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, like um, I think I know Craig will be stressing a lot. Like mm. he's like putting on like a big, like his like Instagram persona. He'll be getting pissed off a lot at a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> he won't handle the like little like personal dramas and stuff of yeah. running a gym. It's kind of inevitable. Like, oh man, the jujitsu side will be loving. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Sort of the structure that they've set up is like this really isn't your run of the mill gym. You yeah, know I mean, like, but I think that's smart to do that to yeah, draw that line definitely. as well. I mean, why not? He's yeah. in he's in the position to do it, uh, and the goals of the people who frequent that academy aren't hobbyist or recreational no. goals, yeah. and, and that's absolutely fine. There's enough jujitsu places around. You know what I mean? Oh, if you want to so be many, there and be yeah. a part of it, you know, go get an autograph. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you can go to a class a week or something. Like something that. Like, like that. But like, unless you're at the standard, it's a safety thing too. Like, unless you're at that standard where you can be on the mats with Nikki Ryan, Nikki Rod, and Damian Andrews, and, and like yeah. Isaac and Craig, that it's not like they're not in the business of going quote unquote easy on you. Yeah. They are there <laughs> to win medals. They are wet there for their livelihood as well. Like yeah. it would, it takes some balls and it takes some money as well mm. to set up an academy like that. Yeah. So they've got to protect it by making sure that their product is a high quality product. And yeah. they've set that from the outset as well. I think it's a pretty smart way to go about it. And those count videos are pretty hilarious <laughs> as well. I feel both very proud of Isaac and very sorry for Isaac at the same time. Like they just, they just do not let that kid talk. It's like, nah. Don't let him talk. He's, he's there to be seen, not heard. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, his run at Worlds recently yeah. at Brown yeah. Belt. Oh, it's so good. It's pretty heartwarming stuff, man. Yeah. I think he'll be, in the next few years, very, very tough. Yeah. Very hard to beat. Well, he's, his style is a very adaptable style. Yeah. He's always been like that. Yeah. He's always been like that. He can just soak up any information and just assimilate it into his own systems and pathways pretty much immediately. So he's got a really good room of influences in that regard. He's a good wrestler. He'll get better because of the influences yeah. that he has. 
he's an excellent passer. He'll get better because of the influences that he has. Like he's got Nicky Rod wrestling, Nicky Ryan passing, Craig Jones footlocks and bolos. Like, yeah. What else are you really going to need? Like, it's just going to be him versus, you know, I mean, Cole Abate's only 66 kilos, but I feel like that kid's going to be like 88 by the time he finishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 The future is pretty bright, pretty bright (laughs) down there. Yeah. What do you reckon's going to happen with uh, New Wave? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's It's, it's a tough one to call, isn't it? Yeah. I think that they're probably, like, obviously it's going to be good. Like, you know, like, John and Gordon like can't not be good, you yeah. know what I mean? But and they I got, don't think they're gonna have the same appeal as no D team. Yeah, the same like popularity yeah, appeal. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, you needed like that everyone respects Gordon but doesn't like him. And everyone like likes Craig but doesn't yeah. respect him. <laughs> like you needed both sides of that coin, you know what I mean? But yeah. now they've only got one. I mean, who knows, but I mean if more people knew Craig, they probably wouldn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> like I can see the deep-seated torment <laughs> that is in your soul from all of these years. Please understand, like this is decades, <laughs> decades of abuse that Lachlan has suffered at the hands of both of the Jones brothers. Now the entire Jones family has has left this deep scar, deep wound. It's all coming out now. I love it so good. <laughs> I wish this is the only time I wish. That we had video on the podcast so they could just see the deadpan delivery that is occurring. It's so good. Oh, I'm so happy about it as well. He gets too much praise, basically. That's what you're saying. He gets too much praise. Nah, he's good. He's good. <laughs> he's, he's good. Quote unquote. That shit's hilarious, man. Um, but I think, you know what's interesting, actually, now we're talking about New Wave and stuff. There's been Godoni, Bodoni, I think his name is. He's gone there. He's like a heavyweight guy who's gone there to train i know that taz is still training there Mm, i think so yeah and we've heard a bit from gordon obviously had that exhibition match yeah yeah. kind of whatever yeah but we haven't heard anything from danaher no he's he's classically been pretty vocal you know in the jiu-jitsu scene and and technically i mean i wonder what he's up to you know what i mean like is he i don't know (laughs) when he he released that last instructional that was new wave just an instructional what it looks to me like he's doing is like he's trying to put everything out there he's trying to get it all sort of on paper so to speak and then just move aside i don't i mean how much longer after that whole breakdown of that academy like that was his thing yeah and that was his run i I just don't know if he's really going to be around that much longer might go back to like for years he was like just like sort of quiet teaching in the the basement sort of thing yeah. like and like everyone would say he's like the best coach or whatever yeah. and then sort of got brought into the like spotlight and then he might go back to, to that maybe i don't know there is a lot of talk quiet about and... he loved new york yeah. like he never really he's not the puerto rico guy you know i mean mm. austin like texas may be more in line with his political values as well potentially yeah. But New York's probably his lifestyle and where yeah. he's lived for most of his life. Like, yeah, to me, it kind of looks like he's just trying to get it all done and yeah. then just live the rest of his life without the... It's almost like Gordon Ryan's stigma because those two are so connected. Yeah. And it's I like, so. how long can you be his cleanup crew for? Yeah. And I mean, like, no, 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 really, he's, he's good. Like, he's good. He's a good coach. He's a nice guy. He's a good kid. He's going to come good. 
promise. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. Look, everyone in the world wants Gordon Ryan to be a nice guy, you know what I mean? But he's just he's not. You know what I mean? He is it is what it is. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Andre Galval has from now to I don't know when is when is ADCC gonna be? Next. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly middle of the year, maybe probably mid next year. Yeah. So let's say he's got maybe eight months to do as many PEDs as he can possibly do yeah. and just get like VTOR level Galvao. Like he needs to just get vials of VTOR's blood and just inject it in directly into his stream for eight months and just see what he can come up with. You know? Yeah, I think that's his plan for sure. <laughs> No jiu-jitsu either. Just, <laughs> just weights and retour juice. Yeah. Probably wrestling. Yeah, probably, probably some wrestling. Like, I think that's probably his best strategy is trying to get a takedown Stall, or something. Yeah. Stall, yeah. wrestle. Like the same strategy out against Felipe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, I, I feel bad, man. Like, how, how can I really go ahead and shit talk Galvao after literally decades of work that he's oh, put yeah. in? And he's a technical monster. Yeah. And, like, I think that's probably the one gripe that people have had with like the new evolution of jiu-jitsu as well, like we can't sort of put in a pocket the work that has been done before them. I yeah. mean, these types of names, like I was talking to, to the guys in the gym the other day and I was like, yeah, Marcelo Garcia and shit. And they're like, who? I'm like, oh no. I'm like, is this happening? Is this what's happening? I'm like, yeah. Demi and Maya. I'm like, they know Demi and Maya, right? Yeah. Because UFC and shit like that. Yeah. And they know, they don't view Jacare the way that I view Jacare. You yeah, know what I mean, they've only seen the, the MMA. They haven't watched the. They don't. They don't know. Dancing on that. They just. They don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even even Hodger Gracie, they don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, what is happening here? I mean, these are the guys who took it from the real traditional yeah. to the next generation, yeah. especially Marcelo Garcia, especially. Yeah. yeah. Like they sort of made ADCC and stuff what it is. Yeah. Today, for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. And for them to sort of be glossed over by the modern era jiu-jitsu practitioners is, is a travesty man. yeah it's just it's heartbreaking like i can only do guillotines because of Marcelo garcia <laughs> you know what i mean like i remember uh, when i first did my neck properly uh i had no half guard I watched all seven volumes of Demi and Maya Science and Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> and I came back from injury with some type of half guard and it was great you know it's like yeah you, i wish Wish there could be a little bit of a bridge, you know, yeah. of that gap, but maybe if we talk about it enough, people yeah, will go back yeah. and, and watch it. What some of the influences you had early on? Uh, early on, Marcelo definitely was huge. Uh, always tried to do heaps of X Guard and stuff. So mm. coming up, watch Super Spin. Um, I love watching like Jackery and stuff, but I was never going to be able to move like he does. <laughs> you know I mean? So the athletic like, prerequisite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Hodger and stuff. Like I liked watching that style where like the same move over and over. Mm. I try to emulate that a bit. I used to, when I was like a blue belt, like just trying to cross chokes from mount. Yep. Non-stop. Um, Ryan Hall was a big one. Yeah. He was sort of the first, like, uh, when I saw like his early instructionals, like the 50-50 and triangle yeah. one, I was like, oh, wow, this is like actual like technique. <laughs> like he sort of was breaking it down yeah. like in a really, uh, like in a way you could understand really easily and like implement straight away. Um, the Mendes brothers and the Meow yeah. brothers, like they're like, they're all killer. <laughs> they are. Dude, Rafa's run, like when he first hit the scene. Yeah. 
oh man like that's that was jujitsu like i'd never seen it before yeah like the his version of the barambola evolution yeah. was very unique and very effective man. yeah it wasn't the same as the meows you know the no. meows had their own deal yeah. like they were, they were crafty and sneaky it was like double guard pull stuff rafa because of his passing and because of his yeah. athleticism he could play a dual game that you couldn't stop yeah no one was stopping him and i remember coming up watching cabrinha as well yeah and just thinking, oh, this this guy's like next level. And of course, like, why would I have any reason to think any differently? It was like a ten times world champion, yeah. like every year, beating up Bruno Frazzato, like poor kid. But then Rafa, and then you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. like this guy is next generation, man. And I, I remember watching like things like Grappler's Quest with like Bill Cooper and Jeff Glover and stuff, yeah. and just realizing that jujitsu was could be different to what yeah. I thought it could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to reflect back on some of those influences. Yeah. I remember this sort of, it was, I guess, at the start of like the social media jujitsu sort of stuff. There was like the Mendes brothers would post like a technique and then Caprinia would post like a counter <laughs> and it'd be like back and forth like that for a little while. Like, that, was, that was good. No, it's good for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, you're going to compete with each other anyway. We're going to figure out who shit works. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's classic. Yeah, I wish we had more of that. Uh, in the jiu-jitsu scene in South Australia. Yeah. <laughs> we had more social media interactions in jiu-jitsu in South Australia. So bad, man. So bad. I remember... Um, I mean, I don't hold anything against Kane or whatsoever. We've had matches and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I actually really respect Kane a lot. But I remember it was just a symptom of the time. We didn't really get social media yet. Yeah. Um, MMA Down Under one had just happened and I got fight of the night and he got a submission of the night because yeah. he had a flying triangle or something like that. Yeah, we were yeah, both fighting in the night. Amazing. Um, and we had trained together. You know, we had been training jiu-jitsu together for a long time because yeah. it was that whole SABJJ BTT yeah. unit. Uh, and we were, because we we're from that unit, we also had the link up with Rikers as well. And Dave DeConte had brought us both out to Rikers and we were training with each other in the lead up to it. And so I'm like, Kane's my friend. <laughs> like, and then like two weeks after MMA Down Under 1, I, he posts on my wall, not like a messenger or anything like that, like posts on my wall. He's like, hey, me and you at the next MMA Down Under. And I'm like, what? So me and do a tailspin. I'm like, I don't want to find you, Kane. But, I mean, that led to... I mean, I accepted the fire because I'm yeah. young and stupid. He probably would have beat me, to be honest with you. I, I feel like he probably... It was like weird rules then, eh? You couldn't, like, hit on the ground or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you couldn't hit to the head on the ground. But you could use your elbows and fists to the body. Yeah, Fun right. times. Yeah. And headgear and shit like yeah. that. You had to have at least you know, X amount of fights in headgear. But he had more, had, had more fights than me as well. Yeah. He ended up having a crash, having a car crash. He hurt his knees or something like oh, that. Sure. And I was like, thank God. Like, I don't have to fight this guy. And um, Kenny Young had been brought over to fight Leo. And then that fight didn't happen for some reason. But the flights had already been paid for. Yeah. All this kind of shit had happened. Uh, so, you know, DeConte was like, hey, we've got a new matchup for you. You can fight Kenny Young. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd still been training and helping people. I was such an idiot, man. Like... But I, was, I mean, obviously, I should probably apologize to you if I've ever come across as a massive wanker, <laughs> um, which is very likely, to be honest with you. I really apologize for the early days of my fight career. Uh, but um, 
I just said yes out of that, yeah, you know, yeah. stupid bravado at that point in time. I was so scared. I had no idea how I was going to fight this guy. Not a clue. Uh, I was, I literally was walking out to the fight and figured out how I was going to fight him. I'm like, well, <laughs> if I, cause I remember seeing him at the weigh-ins, yeah. right? And he is like huge. His, his nickname was Kenny the Body Young. <laughs> and he was cutting, he was like Hercules. He was freaking cutting to get to 70. And I was like a 66 kilo kid. I was just an idiot. I was so intimidated. I was so scared. And then walking out to the fight, I'm like, well, <laughs> he's probably going to win. But if I throw head kicks, he might, he might catch it yeah. and take me down. And if he does, then I can submit him from my guard with rubber guard. You know? And then I'm like, and if I throw leg kicks... He might throw leg kicks back, which will make it easier for me to take him down. And then I could do something in the fight. I was just petrified. I thought he was going to like, I thought we were going to come together and he was going to put like a Terminator fist <laughs> through my head and it was going to come out the other side of my head. But it just, just so happened like when we started fighting, when we started interacting, I felt that I was faster. Yeah. And I'm like, is this actually happening right now? Like, am I actually winning this fight? Like, I'm just going to stop doing stupid shit. And I started doing spinning kicks and stuff like this. Every round ended with me doing some sort of rubber guard transition, moving into a triangle in the first, then I'm a plata in the second, even gogo platas and stuff like that. I'm just like, that should not have happened. <laughs> like none of that should have happened. And even, even before that, uh, we that wasn't meant to be the main event either. Like Brad Thompson was going to be fighting yeah. on that night too, and then he got shingles like the oh, day shit. of the fight and was in a bad way and was in hospital. And so Dave DeConti calls me again. He's like, also, you're now the main man. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm like, yeah, so many things that I shouldn't have done and shouldn't have happened. And so many things after that that shouldn't have happened as well. But hey, here we are today. I'm slightly less uh, uh, completely full of myself now than I was back then. Oh, man. G- give me, come on. People don't, people don't back me up when I say these things. The only guy who's ever backed me up was Jesse Hughes. Because he saw me being a wanker. Everyone always is trying to like, oh no, you're like you weren't that bad, you know, you weren't that bad. Like, then they give, hit me with your best, like Nick Hughes is a wanker. Um, I can't really remember. Any, oh, to be honest, man, I remember a few times you like winning and like ripping your jacket open and stuff. So, I mean, lots of people did that. <laughs> There's got to be more. Come on, there's got to be more. Oh man, yeah, no, I really did. I really did that stuff, and that's that's why when I see, you know, like white belts and blue belts do that kind of stuff today, I, I cringe, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they'll look back one day. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Let's hope they do. Ah man, no, it's been it's been good chatting to you, man. And um, as you know, as I talked about before we even came on, like I can't believe we haven't talked more over the years. Yeah. It's probably you know. <laughs> Just a symptom of me being a little bit unapproachable, to, to be honest with you. But I've always had a massive amount of respect for you. It takes you. a lot of courage uh, to do what you've done and to walk the path that you've walked. And you've gotten the results that you have because you've put in the work. Like, I, I feel like someone who is as understated as yourself, you're never going to come out and outwardly say, you yeah, know, I worked harder than everybody else that <laughs> has ever existed. But people know. You know, that's just like I said to Michael, uh, to Michael Lim, like people see it and people know, um, and I want more people to know. And I'm, I've really been hoping that 
having you on the podcast would help illuminate a little bit the caliber of practitioner that we have in you in South Australia, who's here willing to put on classes, willing to put on privates every single week, putting content out there into the community. So as I said, people come and go, but you chose to come back and stay and to contribute. And that's above anything else. That's what I have the most respect for. So thank you. Thank you very much Lachlan, for doing that. Do you have anyone that you'd like to thank now that you're on the podcast? Um, yeah, well, thank you for having me having me on, saying all the nice words. Um, yeah, thanks M16 and Miles and Adam and Declan and everyone there for having me part of the team now and coaching and everything. Um, yeah, everyone that I've trained with, I guess, like over the years. <laughs> <laughs> you're still that guy. You're yeah. still that guy. No, that's cool. I wouldn't yeah. have it any other way, man. One last thing. Is there anyone right now from your training group, your training pool, that you want to give me the hot tip for commentary that's coming up? Who who should I be looking at? Who should I be looking out for? Um, I'm not sure who's on on this card. Um, I know, like obviously Declan. Like, okay, okay yes, that, uh, no worries. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm excited to watch more of uh, Deacon that's coming over from mm-hmm. Tassie to to compete. Um, I'm not sure what matches have been announced yet. I don't mm. know if I can can. Can say just they're not gonna care. <laughs> uh, no, but I don't. I don't know what. They yeah. Are. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> even aside yeah. from matchups, uh, yeah. Who who should I be looking out for in the future from your your training group? From M sixteen at the moment, uh, there's a, there's a young kid called Sunny. I think he's like twelve. I'm not sure, but he's like um, built like a thirty year old man, and he's just <laughs> ragged. He's like a white belt, and just ragged all and all the oh. color belts and stuff. So. Have a look out for him. Seen him take some men's souls <laughs> during the competition. Grown men's souls. So his once he adds a bit of technique to his ferociousness, he will be look out for look out for him for sure. Sunny, all right, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Awesome, man. <laughs> uh, cheers again for coming out today. I appreciate. it. I'll let you go so you can go watch UFC and the rest <laughs> of the trials. But um, yeah, man, look, if you do choose to compete again, I'll be all for it. Hopefully, when the knee comes back, I can come out and I can train with you guys yeah, properly. Sure. I've been wanting right. to for so yeah. long. I mean, running a full-time academy, like yeah, I really nice, appreciate yeah. it when people come to me yeah. because I'm there every day, every yeah. night. Like, I want to do cross-training, but it's hard, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's which night? I've got to run the classes. Yeah, I've got to run the classes, but that's why, you know, when Declan comes out, Jesse comes out, whomever chooses to come out, I am just so thankful for it because... That's what I want. I want to see friendly faces, man. So if you ever have the time, please come down and, and grace us with your presence and put me in over finance if I can get it. <laughs> promise I won't say it, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I love it. No worries. Thank you. Guys, stay tuned. We'll be back. Same bad time, same bad channel for all the bad fans out there.